Greg Williams gets Jamal Adams back, and Nick Mangold decides to do what Nick Mangold does. Speak up about the Jamal Adams situation. Greg Williams hopped on a conference call this morning with reporters, and, you know, when there's a huge fire with alarms going off, as an organization, you don't want to be too emotional. You don't want to make it worse. So Greg Williams comes in, tries to defuse the situation, and he gets the back of Jamal Adams. Interesting and necessary words from Greg Williams this morning on the call. Greg Williams sends a comforting message to Jamal Adams. I got his back, Williams said this morning, Thursday morning, on a conference call. Listen, what is he supposed to do? It's it's the calm that everyone needs. It's the calm that everyone wants. And Jamal Adams will appreciate it, regardless of what his intentions are moving forward. Other things he mentioned was his versatility, um, how he could play linebacker, how he could play edge rusher, and these guys don't come along very often. Uh, he also mentioned Adams in the Hall of Fame and that his potential um, in getting to the Hall of Fame is very real, barring injury. Quote, We're going to use guys as well as we can to highlight their strengths. He has multiple strengths, referring to Jamal, and that's fun. He's smart. He's able to handle multiple things. He's able to handle multiple directions of what has to happen in the flow of a game. He loves to compete. And make no mistake, this guy is a stud. Some people try to rationalize that he's not, you know, he's, he might be the best strong safety in the league, but he's not the best safety in the league. They take Tyron Matthew over him. It depends what you want. Tyron Matthew, his deep cover skills are much better. He could play the slot man in a pinch. He could probably he's probably better in terms of doing everything around the field. But what Jamal Adams does in the box on the edge, he's the best edge run support safety in the league. Not even close. And it's not like his deep back uh deep safety coverage skills are bad. The jump he made from year one to year two was legendary. The man could cover man, any tight end. He could play the deep half, he could play the middle third. He could play any deep third. He could play a single high. He could do it all. He's a stud. Greg Williams knows this. He doesn't want to to coach the defense without Jamal Adams at this point. It's not what he's looking for. And at the same time, you know Greg Williams and the Jets are on the same page. Greg Williams is looking to, and the Jets too, scheduling these conference calls this week. Yesterday was the offense with Sean Jefferson and Denzel Mims, which we'll touch on. Um... Today was the defense and Brant Boyer, special teams. Tomorrow's Adam Gase and Loggins, the offensive coordinator. So scheduling these conference calls three days in a row after the Adam situation to try to change the story, change the narrative. It's a great idea. It's a good idea. And interestingly, Jamal has been quiet over the last three days, which has been a welcome change. Here we go. We're looking at Manish Mehta's Twitter profile. Key quote from Greg Williams on Jamal Adams. He has that ability to not only play as a DB, but to play like a linebacker, play like a rusher, play like a run stopper. 
his multidimensional abilities allow you to move him around for the other team to try to find him. It's absolutely true. And why is that a key quote? Because of what Jamal's looking for, the money, the contract. And because strong safeties aren't paid like premium positions, Jamal's trying to pull Le'Veon Bell. He's trying to make it clear, I'm not just a safety. Le'Veon Bell tried to make it clear, he's not just a running back. He's a receiver. He's a blocker. Jamal's playing that same game. And to get that money, to play the game, he, he's got to say he's more, much more than a safety, which he is. Unfortunately, under the system and the hard salary cap, precedent is everything. And what the current market is means everything. Elsewhere, speaking of the offense from Wednesday, Wednesday sessions, Denzel Mims. Wide receiver Sean Jefferson, never a pro bowler in the NFL, uh, got to the Super Bowl with the New England Patriots in 96, drafted by the Oilers in the early 90s, uh, stuck on with the Chargers after that. Just a tremendous pro, never a superstar, which makes him a great coach. Sean Jefferson, the Jets wide receivers coach, spoke to the media yesterday morning, and Denzel Mims was brought up, quote, Denzel Mims possesses the uncanny ability to make contested catches, unquote, from Jefferson. And this is a promising thing. Robbie Anderson's gone. He was fast. He could run the nine. He could do anything deep. His stems were good. I didn't really like his route running. Um, from a reading a defense standpoint, from just a, a crispness, attention to detail standpoint, but he wasn't a bum. The man can be relied upon. What Denzel Mims can do that Robbie Anderson can't is really attack the ball, go up, get it at its high point, and win contested catches. That is a key. Quote, he's a really good person, first of all. This is Sean Jefferson. Very mature for his age. He picks up things well. Speaking about Denzel Mims. He brings the he brings speed along with the uncanny ability to make contested catches. Sean Jefferson knows what he's doing. Quote, I don't coach the player. I coach the man. If the man is right, the player is allowed to do what it needs to do. That's Sean Jefferson. And along with Heinz Ward, Denzel Mims has plenty of experience and leadership around him. Pair him with Prashad Perryman, Crowder in the slot, excellent depth with Vincent Smith and Braxton Berrios, returning Chris Herndon with Ryan Griffin. Darnold's got plenty of weapons. Hopping back over to Jamal Adams. Nick Mangold hopped on the Zach Gelb show of CBS Sports. And knowing Nick Mangold, what do you think he had to say about Jamal Adams? You think he danced around the subject, played it uh, light, played it safe? No, you know, you know Nick Mangold. He doesn't do that. Now, he won't cross a line. You know that he's not gonna tr- he's not gonna intentionally do anything to hurt the Jets. He's a lifelong Jet. He's part of the Jets community. He wouldn't do that, but. You could always count on Mangold to give an honest assessment of a situation when asked. What Mangold said, the message he had for Jamal Adams, 
is relax. Quote, I think sometimes that goes to show a little bit of younger player not realizing the business side. People get traded all the time. It's nothing personal. It's business. If you're going to be upset about a team taking a phone call about a potential trade, it's going to be a rough go, I think, through a career as an NFL player. Mangold hopped on with Gelb, and Gelb asked him the question. He, Gelb did a good job in swaying the conversation to uh, Adams and what Gelb thought was the origin and the real issue behind this whole situation, which was last year's trade deadline. That was when we first saw Jamal Adams do something in the public that wasn't a positive for the Jets. And that was the first egg that was cracked. If Jamal and the Jets don't work out, that was the beginning of the end right there. And Mangold doesn't hold back. He thinks Jamal took it too personally. Um, while Jamal's putting together a business strategy for what he wants, is it all rooted from taking that per- too personally? The fact that Joe Douglas didn't hang up the phone? That's what Gelb's trying to get at here. Now, Mangold played all 11 seasons with the Jets. He understands, as much as it's a business, that the fans, it's tough for the fans. And in that regard, it is personal. Quote, it's always difficult when you see the media stuff for guys going through a contract because you never know what's going on behind closed doors. The team doesn't put out any statements. So you're only getting one side of it. I'm going to watch it play out. I'm going to hope that they get things figured out. I always love seeing talent stick around with us. But it's a business, and both sides have to treat it like a business. But for fans, it's not. It's tough to deal with. The game side of football and the business side of football. Unquote. And that's really the issue right now. The issue that Adams really hurt the fans. The fan and... uh, The fan that really loved this guy. Can the two sides recover? Did he cross a line? Most people believe he has. Others are holding out hope that, hey, this is just business. And if Adams gets what he wants, he's back. He's back to the regular Jamal Adams fans and the organization love. I I don't agree. There are certain things you just can't come back from. I do think Adams and the Jets can reconcile and it can work out. I think certain things will take a hit if that happens. If anything, at the very least, it's not just business in a 100% of the way uh, production, strategy. It's real. It is personal. No matter what the fan wants to think. He crossed the line. When you say you want to play for another team, you're trying to get to another team, or you actually comment to fans on social media that maybe it's time to move on, and you're saying your goodbyes to Marcus May on Twitter, you've crossed the line. Former Jet Damon Harrison had a decent take the other day. Um, Positive take. Ian Rappaport off a tweet from Ian Rappaport saying, assuming there is no trade movement before training camp, 
This will make for some very interesting conversations between Jamal Adams and it's still Jets teammates in July. Absolutely. Damon Harrison quote tweeted it and said, no, it won't. It's business and the number one rule of it is to mind your own. True. But only on the surface. These guys aren't robots. They're human. They're individuals with feelings. Think about it. This is football. It's 11 on 11. Trust is a major factor. Chemistry is a major factor. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell played out his four-year rookie contract, was franchise tagged. Then he decided to hold out. Remember, Le'Veon Bell made just a little over $4 million on that four-year rookie deal, then was franchise tagged, got some money for it, then decided to hold out because he didn't want to be franchise tagged for a second consecutive time. Fair. Did Le'Veon Bell make a lot of noise on social media? He made some noise. But a fraction of what's what the noise is coming from Jamal Adams right now. Now, remember the Steelers situation. Teammates spoke up and out against Le'Veon Bell. The th- Second round pick or third, I think he's a second round pick out of Michigan State. The second round pick, who didn't make much on a rookie deal. Around four million. Four point one two million over four years. Then a franchise tag. Sat out an entire season, held out. There was there was hoopla, but he didn't do anything really self destructing or team destructing in the public. And Marquise Pouncey, his teammate, labeled Bell as honestly a little selfish. And Ramon Foster said Bell was a guy who doesn't give a damn. Two of his five offensive linemen spoke up against this guy during a contractual negotiation in which he didn't say he was looking to play for the Vikings during the time. He held out. He didn't even come close to crossing that line with Jamal Adams. And yes, Jamal Adams is a habitual line stepper at this point. Whether or not it's for business purposes only, doesn't matter. He has habitually crossed that line. Charlie Murphy. Bell, I would argue, did not cross that line. And after five years in the league, playing on a second consecutive franchise tag, Decided to hold out. And his teammates spoke up against it. Is Damon Harrison right that it rarely happens? Yes. But that's only on the surface. That's only um, in the public eye. Behind the scenes, very much goes on. Signals happen. Body language happens. Certain things happen where the chemistry just gets destroyed. And precedent happens. I've spoken about this before. I've written about it. Joe Douglas and the Jets were to bend the knee to Jamal and give him everything that he wants. A precedent has been thus set. And players, although they won't comment on it publicly, will use that ammo the next time they're in a negotiation with the Jets. They'll think the Jets are suckers. Let's go. I'm ready to laugh all the way to the bank. That's not Joe Douglas. Again, it can be reconciled. 
They'd have to spin a lot. They'd have to do some work. They'd have to plan out a, you know, a summer here where they don't pay him immediately, but eventually before the season. And but that would require trust, require trust. And I don't know if that could happen. So he crossed the line. If this is business, forget about it. If every player took this route, the emotions that would go on social media and live in the media, Sports Center, would be too much to handle. It would be so unbearable, it wouldn't even be worth watching. Lastly, Adam Gase. Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News had the report that Adam Gase was part of the problem. Jamal Adams doesn't want to stick around. Headline, Adam Gase played major role in Jamal Adams' desire to be traded from Jets sources. The Daily News has learned that Adam Gase is a major factor why Adams has felt uncomfortable with his long-term future with the team and requested a trade. Maida, he takes a lot of crap from the fans. To be honest, it's the system that you should be mad at, not Manish. Manish is doing his job. None of us know his sources. None of us know what the sources said above and beyond what he reported. Nobody knows what was said off the record. Nobody knows who it is. Jamal Adams knows the system. He knows the game within the game that is the New York media. He's that savvy. It is very possible. He is the source. His camp is the source. And it would make sense. And if you're Manish, what are you going to do? Not trust the source? Tough. Blame the system. Blame the system that is news playing on your emotions all the time and reporters having to go all or nothing. Dark or light, positive or negative. But the source doesn't really get too specific, which is why a lot of Jets fans are uh, raising an eyebrow to it. And Adam Gase is the... I mean, look at this picture right here for the people on YouTube. Excellent choice for... An obvious choice for the Daily News to use. Um, Gase would be the perfect scapegoat. Jamal has gone on this rager the last week in the public, alienating so many Jets fans. The court of public opinion has turned against him. What better way than to earn some of that back by blaming it on the guy the Jets fans hate the most, Adam Gase? It's perfect. It fits perfectly. Obviously, no one will know who the source is, but this one and for good reason, was really tough for the fan to take. And to make Gase a sympathetic figure is no easy task, my friends. And that's what he is right now, amazingly. The fun really began Thursday, when Jets left guard Alex Lewis decided to chime in on Minishi's report on Instagram. What he did was he screenshotted Meta's article, and put it on his Instagram story with this quote. At Manish Mehta, give up your sources. You don't speak for the locker room or myself. You got no place in the locker room if you are going to 
overgeneralize all players. Manish, you were poison to this team. Man, you know what? I, I didn't realize how harsh that was when I first put that out there. But that's pretty harsh. Manish didn't... I wouldn't say he generalized the entire locker room. Um, he used the word, the prevailing sentiment in Gang Green's, Gang Green's locker room is clear. Players don't respect gays who rubbed them the wrong way with his inability to lead and lack of support. Hey, it's fair to say Gase, uh, the, the uh, jury's still out on him as a head coach. Does he have those intangibles that, that make for a great head coach? Leadership, communication. Nobody knows. And it's fair to believe he doesn't. But the point here is Alex Lewis. He stood up and said, no, no, no more and actually fired back in protection of Gase. While Jamal Adams is still waiting for one Jets player to stand up behind behind him, shoulder to shoulder. And while Snacks is right, that rarely happens, players stay out, it's not the rule. It's happened many times before, and if the Jets were that terrible, you'd think someone would stand next to Jamal Adams. But again, nobody's gone after him either. Alex Lewis isn't here. He's just going after Manish based on Gase. Credit the Jets for this one thing. Throughout all this noise, this post-apocalyptic Jamal Adams world, the players are saying and doing the right things. Alex Lewis may have been a little rough here, but the fact that he's getting his head coaches back is critical in terms of culture and standing one by one by one all together. And give him credit, the Jets credit for no players getting involved in the Adams situation. Marcus May was probably the closest. And he didn't get involved. He just commented about getting all this fake love now that Jamal's trying to skip town. Uh, the official quote, Alex Lewis gave to Connor Hughes of The Athletic. I know those two are close. They've uh, Alex Lewis has done a couple of things, a couple of pieces with The Athletic. Um, been available for a couple of Connor Hughes pieces in The Athletic. Quote, I have mad respect for Coach Gase. We have phenomenal personnel in the building on both offense and defense. We are building a winning culture and mentality from the top down. I believe in this staff, this organization, and most importantly, my teammates. I realize everyone has a job to do. Our jobs are multifaceted. In the locker room, training room, weight room, meeting room, and on the field, we are building, building a winning culture. I feel like all this is needed to be said on the heels of reports lumping all the players in one mindset, disparaging the head coach. I'm proud to be a New York Jet. Now let's jet the expletive up this season. I mean, if anything's clear, Alex Lewis is Joe Douglas's boy. That's as clear as day. He was a late transaction acquisition for Douglas last year. Uh, fought his way into the starting lineup with with some help from injuries, and is projected to start again this year after resigning. He is Douglas's boy. They play the same position. They have the same mindset. And I mean, I don't think Douglas would call out anyone publicly like this, but internally, they seem to have the same mindset. 
So, so here we are. A few days later, Adams has been quiet. Everyone else is making noise. And the question remains, is this salvageable? Did Jamal Adams cross that line no player could cross and come back from? The argument that he did not is a tough one to make right now. Until next time, Sabo Radio.